Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. October 1st, we smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call Pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs. Set it Set it out and see what happens. Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, Good buck. We'll get my buck, and then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. Absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. I know that quite doesn't have the same ring to it as Cody does it. Cody's a professional, and I'm just out here bullshitting it. So let's not joke around about it. This podcast is from our trip in Iowa. Cody's weekend was cut short. Unfortunately, uh, his kids were sick during the week, and then on the way out there, he was getting bubble guts, and he tried it Friday night. We we had supper, and then uh, he ended up had a calling calling it a weekend early. So just me out there flying solo. We podcasted at the Next Level booth, and I will forewarn you, not some super crispy audio like you got coming at you right now, and not our usual OG christening of the ear hole audio that you guys are used to, but still doable, still listening, still can listen to it and uh, pick up what we're putting down, so that's first thing. Second thing is we're going to get into the people that make this possible, and um, we're going to start off with Last Breath TV. These guys are getting ready to go out there and hit shed season hard. They've really been um, holding back. They got a lot of really good private ground, and um, they're going to get out there and scoop up some hammers, I'm sure. There's a couple bucks that I know made it that uh, going to be absolute slammers. Hopefully they can get out there and pick them up and uh, add to the story here coming up for the 2022 season. 
Exodus trail cameras. Very cool to see them at the Iowa show and uh, get to a, get a see the whole crew there. And just like we read here last week, um, these guys, for the first time ever, are doing a buyback program for the month of March. And what that is, is if you have purchased an Exodus trail camera, an old regular lift, and there's seven-year-old lifts out there still operating pretty badass. So if you have an old lift, lift two, or trek, you can lock in $100 off a new Exodus render. So if you're in the position to lock in these savings, here's what you need to do. You're going to need to go to ExodusOutdoorGear.com and use the code TRADEUP at checkout. Lock in your $100 savings and then... They will send you a shipping label, and you're going to send your camera back. When they receive that, they're going to send you your new render with that five-year no BS warranty. So some things that I'm really liking about the render is that there's a lot of different attachments for the cell cam or add-ons to the cell cam. It's not just a regular cell cam. You're going to be able to get a Python cable lock for it. Um, You can get a security box for it as well, and you can also get that SP18 solar panel. So you can literally put that thing up and leave it in a, you know, your sanctuary or whatever. Know that thing's going to be rock solid. And um, you guys are always going to have that five-year warranty in your back pocket. Right on optics, not just rifle scopes. Um, new to the lineup this year is going to be a 10 by 42 primal binos. These binos are fog-proof and waterproof, and they are also backed by their warranty so gonna be uh if something happens to them bad boys they're gonna be shipping them out quickly to you to replace them check them out at rightonoptics.com next level deer supplements that's what uh we cover in the first 10 minutes here i got a chit chat with nate and it's really impressive to sit back and watch him talk deer nutrition and you would think that nate has you know some sort of degree in um you know biology and ruminant function but um, he's just really super passionate about it and you can tell that when he's talking to somebody you know at the shows or through a facebook messenger or you know over the phone like these guys typically do so it's very cool to see that you're going to be able to hear him explain some differences in the feed Um, one thing that i didn't know was the difference between their spring and um, spring and summer feed versus their fall and winter blend so you get a um know about that here and uh the rest of these guys here uh we got joey kaiser from north carolina a passionate listener one of the most unique listener stories i've heard also got matt williams on the line here um matt super good guy was very pleased to meet him at the show and uh look forward to continuing that friendship talk to him about um not relying on the trail cameras cameras uh for shed season so very interesting story there and just like we've always said here with hunting for uh trail cameras um he kind of has a shed story about that and then uh talked to jp we talked to jp about um his current shed season how he's doing out there in indiana scooping and talked to him about upcoming turkey season along with um him traveling these last couple weeks helping out deer crossing archery so that's what we got coming up in this show here hope you guys enjoy it Let's get into it. All right, here we are at the uh, Iowa Deer Classic, guys. We're at the Next Level booth, and it's Saturday morning. Saturday morning, right? Yeah, Saturday. All right. Just getting started here at the show. And, man, right off the get-go here, it was uh, pretty busy. A lot of people starting to really come in now. I snagged Nate here for a quick quick little 
podcast clip. How you doing today? Doing good, man. I'm going to say we're doing a lot better than we were a year ago at this time. Yeah, so, especially one of us. Yeah, especially me. <laughs> made it made it all the way last night, so that's always good. Um, how's the, how was the show yesterday for you? Uh, Fridays are always a little bit hit and miss. We had good numbers, uh, especially bounce back from COVID the year before. But um, Friday's always a lot of lookers. But Saturday's when people come ready to buy, spend money, really talk deer hunt. I was going to say, man, right off the get-go here, uh, people in here tall boying it up. Definitely a lot more interaction today just in the first, you know, hour, hour and a half that the show's been on. Um, kind of talk about the setup and what you guys got going on here at the booth. Well, we got about six deer heads hanging in here, uh, all deer that were on our products. Uh, the biggest one we got here was a Kyle Leonard buck that was killed in South Central Iowa. As a 187-inch, just massive deer. If anybody's been following us on social media, you've seen us post that deer a lot. Uh, Kyle, actually, we just met him at the show last year. He took home a bunch of our mineral, and we got pictures of that deer just all all summer long. Everybody was drooling over it. So when he finally got him the first part of November, everybody was jacked. And uh, Old Barn Taxidermy, I believe, is who he had to do the work on it, but they made sure they got him done so that we could display him here at our booth in Iowa. I would say the mount looks great over there on the uh, on the wall. Your your guys' booth looks really good. It's not uh, not over the top, but it looks really good and it's pretty simple. Yeah, I, I we don't get near as flashy as some people. You know, we try to have enough enough stuff to catch people's attention, obviously, but it's just too much to haul around the big flashy stuff and. We ain't flashy guys, so be something you're not. Yeah, just doing this as a side hustle, you know, you guys got a pretty good setup here. Man, Kyle's buck and velvet looked absolutely humongous. Yeah, just, a, just a mammoth. Dude. not saying it's not humongous, you know, over there on the wall, but, I mean, holy shit, that thing in velvet really gets you, get your heart pumping. And it's always good to have a lot of, you know, people stop by the booth and, and just get, you know, snag a business card or a brochure or and, you know, you do, you do a great job trying to educate people on, yeah. um, you know, nutrition. And, you know, you, you just tell everybody pretty much, you know, right to their face, you know, go go around the show and, yeah. and you know, go look at their ingredients and, and look at their product. And then, you know, swing back by and, you know, really dive into the ingredients and the ratios and everything. So, yeah, it comes comes down to just making sure people feel like they're getting getting the worth out of their money. You know, people work hard for their money and. Deer hunting is a big passion for a lot of people, so if you're going to be, you know, paying your hard-earned cash for something, you might as well be getting what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard a handful of people just come by and say, well, you know, I just buy whatever blocks available at the yeah. store. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people are really diving deep into it. And if feeding was something that we could do back home, you know, we would know, I would know a little bit more about it. It's just kind of a, a weird thing because it is kind of a... Uh, expensive part of hunting that we don't really see uh being from illinois but you know shelling out that much money yep. you're gonna want to get the biggest bang for your buck right. and it's um kind of baffling to me that some people are just you know buying what's there and not really looking at it taking that extra step and making sure that they can get the best you know ingredients out there for their deer and uh you know a lot of people just like everything else you know get into the marketing hype of a lot of products and stuff and you know that's one thing that you guys don't really do it you just let the product really speak for itself on performance you know look at that ingredient list the guaranteed analysis and uh you know some special things that you guys got in there for the deer right we really try to focus on not being gimmicky 
Uh, that's just something that we feel is just kind of runs rampant kind of in the industry is what's the next flashy thing that somebody can push in front of people and see how much they can sell of it. Uh, and we're the total opposite of that. Our bags are not flashy. Yeah, Scott and I are not flashy. Uh, we just love deer hunting. And when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, and you educate yourself on things, just like you do with trail cameras, mm-hmm. just like you do with optics, just like you do with broadheads and bows and everything else that you're passionate about for your sport, if you're in a state where you can focus on nutrition, it just makes sense to make sure that you're getting what you pay for and not just falling for, you know, the next flavored salt bomb that's out there. <laughs> yeah. People, you know, they'll tell you it's great, but that's their job to tell you it's great. So we just try to try to educate people. Um, share what we've learned from our nutritionists and you know let let our products speak for themselves by the labels and the information we get yeah i don't know if it was uh you know on the podcast that we had you on um the very first one or if it was just you know through conversation but uh one thing that i like about your guys's product is you know you're not really trying to attract deer to it but the thing about it is the deer are attracted to it because they know it gives them the nutrition that they need And um, I think that that really speaks volumes to the type of product that you guys are putting out. You know, that actual next level supplementation for the deer. Right. Where it kind of come from or the name come from, it just kind of, you know, it hit me one day and it kind of stuck. But uh, the way that we focus on digestive performance and how we can boost rumen function and feed efficiency, uh, which is the amount of nutrition that the deer can get out of everything they consume, not just, you know, a particular product they're eating. But if you can take everything they're eating, the food plot that you plant, the available ag that's available to them, um, any browse that's available to them, if you can boost that feed efficiency, um, they can get 10 to 12% more nutrition out of everything they eat. Every leaf, every stick, you know, every bit of grains, they're going to get more nutrition out of it. So that you literally are taking not only that animal, but everything they eat to the next level. Yeah, you know, ten, 10 to twelve percent doesn't seem like a big a big deal, you know, one day or one week. But you start adding in one month, one year, right. two years, you know, that ten percent really over the lifespan of a deer exactly. is going to make a huge difference. And you know, just like you said, it's not just you know the feed itself, but it's actually helping them consume everything in their diet, from you know acorns to ag, and you know everything that. Um, all the work that we put in in the summer in food plots can uh, can even benefit more from that. So yeah, so all the habitat improvements people focus on, why not get more out of that? Like you know, and I mean it's it's one of those things where you try to establish a source of nutrition that is available as much as possible to these animals, just like you do um, with your food plots and stuff. You want to have a surplus nutrition. You want to have too much nutrition for them to eat. That way, fetal programming can take over in the does, and they'll unlock the genetic potential of their offspring. So you can have your does on it, and then the entire development of that fawn before it's born is on it, and then you stack that year after year after year. That's when you can start to push genetic potential of your deer. It's not necessarily about taking a three-and-a-half-year-old buck and then trying to make them big. You want to get your does on it so that your fawns are bigger, and then later in life, they will be bigger than what they would have been. Yeah, and, you know, that's another thing, and I know I know big bucks sell and, um, you know, all the marketing stuff, but one thing that you guys really push that you don't really hear a lot of other companies pushing is that overall herd health yep. and, um, you know, that fawn getting that step ahead from, from day one with the, with the supplementation and, you know, having a, a good, strong, healthy doe, lactating and, um, right. you know, just providing the best 
milk for that fawn, yeah, exactly. you know, because, you know, everything, everything gets, you know, everybody gets fired up when it's velvet season and everything. Right. And, and you guys are out there pushing, you know, overall herd health, healthy does and, you know, feeding all year round, not yep. just starting to pour out mineral in, in May, right. you know, yep. right now, well, here's March, you know, you guys are, you got the fall and winter blend yep. and then you got your spring and summer blend and, um, Kind of go into the difference of, of those two real quick, and then okay. I'll let you get back to the show. Uh, spring and summer blend is basically built and formulated for does and fawns. Um, when a fawn drops, it after it begins on solid foods, it'll still be nursing, but does need around 20% protein to maximize lactation. And fawns need, in order to kind of push and reach their maximum body mass, need 22 to 24%. So that's where we have it at is 22 to 24% so that you're pushing body mass on your fawns so that they go into the wintertime as healthy as can be so they can survive. Um, and then at the same time, most adult deer, um, except for those that are lactating, can only process between 16 to 18% protein. But we don't overdo it to the point to where we start damaging kidneys and things like that. Um, everybody talks about salt in a mineral product, and, mm -hmm. you know, less salt is the better. Well, that's not necessarily true either. In order for a doe to maximize lactation, they also need around 32% salt. So that's exactly what we have in our product is what maximizes everything um, so that those does and fawns are in the best, you know, best health possible and that your butts are a reflection of that. And when deer are coming out of the winter run down, it's going to take them longer to get a jump start on their ankles. Mm -hmm. So you want you want to have that surplus nutrition so that their body gets caught up and recovered as soon as possible so that when it's antler growing season and fawns are dropping, those deer are there to handle it. They're ready to rock and roll. So there you guys have it. Um, appreciate you having us out here again. And, you know, it's, it's fun to come out here and hang out with you guys and, you know, have a have a bang up time like we did last night and uh hopefully we can keep doing this for the years to come yeah man it's a blast we always enjoy seeing you guys and build a really close friendship with you so it's always good to get the family back together all right uh i got probably the most excited person that um i wanted to talk to coming here to the show i got joey kaiser is it Kaiser, yep. just straight yep. up like it is, right yes, on. Sir. Honestly, I've never had to say your last name, so <laughs> I've got. I just got it typed in my phone, and um, so this is a, a pretty funny story. But uh, we're gonna tell it, or I'm gonna have you tell it. But um, you're from North Carolina. Yep, that's right. And um, you found the podcast, and then um, you've done you've done some heavy listening. Yeah, really heavy listening. So uh, uh, just kind of tell the people what uh, what you do for a job and. Uh, then I'll, I'll get into the kind of the part that I want to get into. Okay, right on. So uh, I'm actually a welder for John Deere Hitachi, which we just switched over to just John Deere um, this February, and um, that's that's pretty much what I do for a living. And and you work third shift. Yep, third shift. So out there on the night grind. Yep. And uh, wanted to you had listened to some. Oh, you're tired of listening to music, so you wanted to uh, get into the podcast side of right. some audio. And um, search for some whitetail hunting podcasts and come across to us. And you've done something that I've never heard of anybody doing or doing like you did. So you had uh, listened to a handful of episodes and you're like, all right, I like this show. I'm digging it and uh, kind of Absolutely. our style. And then what did you do from there? So basically, I would listen to all the new episodes and uh, whenever they came out. But... 
I basically listened to the entire podcast in reverse, so <laughs> it was a uh, it was pretty entertaining because uh, I already knew what was going on, what happened <laughs> before the next podcast. So <laughs> that's hilarious. So um, it, it's really interesting. Like when you get back towards when we're hunting Mr. Freeze, and um, you know, because we talked about that deer a lot on here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was like really the first year that we had the sheds from and um, Cody had hunted the property and had, you know, a really good feel for it. And um, we, we talked to like Heath Cisco, Josh McAllister, them type of guys um, that we still look up to. But, you know, they would be talking to us and Cody and I would be off to the side, you know, um, thinking about how we would apply what they're talking about to the lease or how to hunt Mr. Freeze. And so here you are. You know, you know we shot the deer, yeah. and then you're listening to three episodes before that, and, like, we're talking about maybe getting on this shanty out in the woods to hunt this deer, you know, in, a, in kind of a, a bombardment spot. And uh, you're like, nope, you guys ain't going to do that. Yep. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> like, that is a terrible idea. And, um, you know, you listen to um, all of our episodes here in, like, a three- to four-month span. Yeah, yeah, I binged pretty hard. And, uh, but I mean, when you find something that you like, I definitely hit it hard, you know, boom, 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 like that too. And, um, we, we exchanged numbers, uh, after, you know, messaging a little bit on, on Facebook. And, uh, one thing that you had said is in, in that short three month time, you've got to listen to four years of podcasts, but you've also got to listen to Cody and I mature a little bit as hunters, yep. get a little bit of knowledge. And, um, you know, it's just big, big in part to like kind of our, our motto is, you know, just finding that small time relatable guy. And um, I think that, that having that kind of a, of a vision has helped us become better hunters because we're talking to guys that are actually relatable yep. and, and hunting the way that we are and um, having the same challenges that, that we have. So um, it would be interesting to do what you did in just a short time listen to a couple of guys and um hear how much that we've changed yeah yeah absolutely you guys uh it was like y'all matured so much through the duration of the podcast and uh yeah it was definitely interesting listening to everything backwards yeah that's, <laughs> that in is, that short period of time that's that's interesting as hell mm-hmm. to me because that's something that yeah. Like like you get the you get the nugget and yep. then two episodes before like you see the seed planted, you know. Yep, yep. And it was like uh you know, now y'all were all just hanging banging and stuff like that and then when I listened back into the episodes, you know, y'all were doing completely different stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's great. But um so so you hunt in North Carolina a little bit and yep. then um, yep. You've also got a piece up in Ohio. Yep, yeah, I go to Ohio, and that's that's mainly where where I do that, all my That's where it goes down killing. at. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, you've done a little bit of, of hunting here in Iowa, yeah. correct? Yeah. And um, you're gonna you're gonna potentially be moving, or are you? Uh, yeah, potentially, I might uh, I might try and transfer um, up to Molin, and then uh, Molin. Or however you guys say it. <laughs> I was telling her about that on the way up here. <laughs> Molin, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
And then I'd like to live across the river in Iowa so I can get that you yeah, know, coveted residency. Uh, get in on the good shit over yep, there. Yep. Um, well, how, how was your season last year real quick? It was uh, it was pretty rough. I didn't get out as much as I'd like to. And um, actually, my, my first sit, I shot a great deer and um, ended up losing him. And it was just complete heartbreaker <laughs> yeah i mean from from the story that you've kind of told me you know it was a, a really close shot like 15 yards i think yep in the he neighborhood there on top of me it was a chip shot and um you know deer's not alert just kind of come in and you got to see him work a scrape yep right in front of me man that's i, I always love watching that type of stuff oh it, it was it was awesome he had his head raked back just uh you can't ask for it for a better show and um you know you you feel like you made a good shot, and uh, why, why did you tend to wait just a little bit, give him a little bit of time? Uh, really, I hadn't shot a deer of, of that caliber yet, and I was just like, all right, I'm not making any mistakes on this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm going to give him that time, and then I did, and I actually backed out and came back the next morning, and um, he had ran towards the bean field, and... Uh, I found out they decided to cut the beans Man. that night after I left. So he was either combine toast or, or the, got picked up. Yeah, it says the farmer was like, oh, yep. hey, what do we got here? Yep. And, and scooped. But, man, that's unfortunate. But what are them things, what are them situations that you, you think you're trying to do the right thing and then it just doesn't you don't catch that one lucky break that you needed and yeah i feel like you know from just the story that you told me uh, that that deer did die in that field he didn't make it out you know yeah it uh it kind of entered maybe about the he took a step towards me so quarter and towards right as i released and the arrow probably went in maybe about the second second or third rib but where he was quartering it got hung up in his probably his opposite femur and um i could see my fletchings kind of clogging the hole so he ran off with you know 26 27 inches of arrow in him you know ripped all the way through the body so you got right. some long gut liver i mean he he should have been he should have been right there yep and then uh went back this shed season tried to tried to you know put out the most effort you could at that time too and yeah, I, uh, come up empty handed and I pounded it out in the in the pouring rain for from daylight till dark going through all the thick stuff pretty much covered everything I possibly could mm -hmm. and uh, came up empty so that's that how sucks. it goes sometimes I think, I, I think we've all been there you know and it just sucks that it was on you know a really really great deer yep but you're already uh on on to the next one and, and looking forward to next year. And yep. We got some some cell cams out there now. Yep. Yep. I do. I'm got some soaking. So he's he's uh he scooped up a couple renders there with the, with our code and um, yep. got the got the solar panels out there. Yep. And um, gonna let it eat and see what's out there for this year, man. Yep. Hopefully it'll uh, it'll turn around for me. <laughs> All right, man, I'm glad you could make the show. I enjoyed being able to talk to you and finally meet you in person, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, man, yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, here we are with the man, the myth, and the legend. And when I say legend, I am not shitting you. Late 
addition to the snap group, Matt Williams. Boy, that, How, what, what's going on, man? Not, that, that, that's probably the most exaggerated uh, introduction <laughs> you think? anybody's ever given me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been good to get to know you a little bit and actually get here to Iowa and meet in person, which is always fun. It's different um, seeing people through Snapchat and then getting it getting the real deal here in person. I can tell you're kind of a, a bigger guy, but, you know, through Snap, but actually get the get the true size of you here. Um, it's always good, man. Yeah, it is, and that, that's what I've, I've really enjoyed about this Iowa show is, you know, like you mentioned, there's social media. You have a lot of social media contacts and friends, and then you, you kind of both look at each other across the aisle or, or they'll come up to your booth, and it's just awesome to put a, a face to a lot of these guys in person and actually get to know them. So yeah, the Iowa show has been, it's been great. You know, met a lot of great people, including yourself, and too bad Cody wasn't able to stick around a yeah, little bit longer. Yeah, it's a bummer, but. man. Um, so you're, you're kind of a, a big into shed hunting. Uh, probably shed hunting a little more passionate than I even whitetail hunt. Which, which you know, it, it, when you get to that level, it, it seems crazy to me, but, like, to you, you know, that's just kind of something, I guess, when you get that bug, um, and that's really what you're into. Like, I'm a little bit more into turkeys than most people are, and, and people look at me crazy, and, you know, I'm kind of the same thing with you as shed hunting. Like, you know, it's a little crazy to get that much into it over actually hunting, you know. You can come shoot all the turkeys you want down in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shoot all the Scots turkeys, actually. <laughs> at, try, least, at, at, at least going to try. I remember that arrangement was made last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so through, uh, through getting to know you and, and you know the old-fashioned beer classic last night at the at the Airbnb um, you were telling me a story about a buck that you got some history with and uh, I, I thought the story was pretty fascinating as far as you know I felt like you're just gonna be able to go in there and scoop up some sheds you know nice quick in a hurry but uh, turns out that kind of a different different outcome here so kind of go into the story here real quick and we'll let you get on with the show yeah you bet so we were after a buck that we called Holyfield um, I first saw him back in 2017 uh, the only reason I gave him that name was uh, for some reason he had a chunk of his ear missing and if any of you guys remember the, the old boxer Evander Holyfield when Mike Tyson bit his ear off so we thought the name was kind of funny and it, it just stuck but Holyfield came around back in 2017 he was a just a beautiful clean five by five uh, we're hunting a, a, a pretty good-sized track, but he was really isolated uh, on about uh, really only 320 acres of that 640. So had a lot of history with him. He was only, we thought at the time, probably a two-and-a-half, three-year-old. Uh, had a lot of opportunities, a lot of encounters with him, passed him. 2018 came, and he, uh, he, he I, would, I can't really say he blew up, but he significantly was bigger and kind of grew uh, almost a second day, uh, main beam on his left side. No, no encounters with him in person, but he was all over the farm on trail cameras. A lot of daylight appearances, um, no opportunities to shoot him. 2019 comes around and that's when he truly blew up. He was probably somewhere around the, that 180 mark. God. Um, it, and it came down to about February. We're thinking, all right, he's gonna drop. We're still running all of our cell cams. And uh, that particular afternoon, it was about 5 o'clock, he shows up on the trail cam with both sides. He comes out of that 80 where he beds, hits the first site where we've got a bunch of next level feed. Uh, in Nebraska, that's legal. Season was closed, so um, for, any, for, for anybody questioning <laughs> yeah, that, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, in Nebraska, totally legal circumstances. Came down to the f uh, feed site out of bedding, had one side. And the distance between that, uh, that bedding area camera and the camera where he had already lost one side, 
was probably only 150, 200 yards. I, I know the trails. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be a gimme. Mm -hmm. um, about 3, 4 a.m., he was up on another site with one side. And then that morning, right at sunrise, he's back in bedding with none. And like I said, with that missing chunk out of his ear, he had a lot of identifiers that we were 100% which buck that was. There he, he, he dropped two sides one evening. The total distance couldn't have been 300 yards. <laughs> and we put on, between Brent and Lammers and I, we put on probably 40 miles between February and March looking for that match set because 180 inch deer who yeah. would not dream of having those uh the three years of history we had with them just something we really really wanted to find but 40 miles in and and the grass is green it's turkey season we never were able to find those sheds so kind of kind of a heartbreaker uh this season uh he was killed by a neighbor so kind of a bittersweet ending to the story he actually was a little bit smaller this year we think than he was the year that we were hunting his sheds but it just goes to show you man it, th those things are so not gimmies like i said earlier they're so hard to find and I, I guess looking back we probably think they're out in the crp somewhere that just we hit we hit the timber we focused on the creeks we focused on the food and it just wasn't made wasn't meant to be yeah it's it's crazy you know you you got the cameras bread trailing back and and stuff and um man you you, you get him on one and then he's missing half a side you're like okay so it's it's gotta be here and just like you said you know you go in there and you search the trails and Brent said he's climbing under trees and shit trying to scoop it up and um, we knew that deers we knew everything he did and we still couldn't find him and, and see like uh it's not a small antler by any means you know it's it's a it's a hammer for sure <laughs> you think they'd stick out <laughs> yeah you think you'd be able to see that thing when you get out of the truck but uh yeah I love that story and you know it just goes to show you Trail cams are only giving you a little sliver of, of you know, what they actually capture. And um, when when we get a buck on cam, you know, it, or around season or something, and we're like, okay, he's going to this ag field, or he's going to hit this scrape, or he just come from bedding over here. And especially when we get cameras in a, such a small increment, exactly like you have, we think we got a really good idea of what that deer did or is doing. And in this scenario, it just goes to show you, you have no idea what the hell that deer's doing out there. Yeah, I mean, it really does. It, it helps you know what they're doing, but they're still going to throw you a curve. I mean, as much as you think you have a deer pattern, it's you know, nine times out of ten, you really don't. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, it's good to meet you, man. I appreciate you hopping on here for a little bit and yeah, absolutely. Uh, telling that story. I, I love that just, just because it's so relatable to us, and, and we put used to put a little bit more stock into trail cameras, and in situations like this, we're, we're taking a little less out of um you know, emphasis on how important trail cameras are or dictating how we hunt. So um, this is a good story to kind of keep that at the forefront of, of your brain and, and remember that that deer is sure. always doing whatever he wants to do and uh, at any given time. So you got it. All right, man. Maybe we can uh, do this again. And yeah, get definitely. Full Looking forward to coming back to Iowa shows probably every year after this. Like I said, Pleasure to meet you and Cody. I wish Cody uh, could have yeah, stayed a little bit longer. Next but. year, hopefully Cody will be able to stay around. And we, we haven't been able to be on a podcast together at Iowa in the two years we've been here, which seems absolutely crazy. But that's the way it goes sometimes. And um, hopefully next year we can get all all hammered again, get a good beer classic podcast out there for everyone. You got it. Well, best of luck to you guys this fall. All right, man, you too.
All right, at the moment we've all been waiting for, we've been blessed with the presence of J.P. Hathaway. Hathaway. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. What are you up to? Oh, um, hanging out here at the show. And, uh, you know, this is where we got to meet in person last year. You and the, the Bow Hunting League posse crashed the Airbnb last year, unbeknownst to us. And uh, it was a hell of a surprise, man. Like, got to meet you guys and... And we partied hard. We went hard last year. Yeah, last year with uh, Ben and Dave and everybody else, and we kind of showed up over there. I don't really think anybody planned on drinking like that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It was it was a good time. Um, I, I would say everybody's uh, been asking me about, you know, my original Heartwood Floor story. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just tell them, look, I had a lot of, you know, pent-up um, energy for uh, last year. And then when it, when it come time to rip, we ripped hard and uh, maybe, maybe went a little overboard. Oh, yeah. You, but, were, uh, you were all gas, no brakes. And all yeah. I got to say, like, I would love to take a moment of silence for those hardwood <laughs> floors because RIP them. Yeah, it's uh, – they didn't, they didn't uh, turn out – they were in a lot worse condition when I left there, that's for sure. Yeah, and they weren't <laughs> great before that. No, no, absolutely not. The original hardwood floors were put up on a pedestal. And we tore that shit down yeah. fast. I was really hoping you were going to show up in Indiana. Did uh, I think I snapped you? Did you see the the cowhide floor at our last oh, Airbnb? Yeah, that, yeah, that was, was pretty legit though. Yeah, it was real classy. <laughs> it was real. I was saying you've been bouncing around to so many damn shows. I, I didn't. I thought that that might have been uh, where you guys stayed at the first time here. No, um, the first time or our first our first round here, we actually stayed in the same place you guys are staying in now. Right. Okay. You guys came in there the day that we left. So, uh, since since last year, been able to follow you kind of here through Snapchat and get to know each other a little bit better. And um, you've been you've been doing some shed hunting this year. How's that been going? Um, it's been going pretty decent. I think I'm at 26 on the year. Um, picked my first one up. I don't know early to mid February, and from there, anytime I'm not at work, I've been hitting it hard. But coming to come to these shows and then work, I just I haven't really had the chance to get out and hit it as hard as I would like. Mm -hmm. um, Found one set off of one of our target bucks. Found another one of our target bucks dead, unfortunately. I, th I don't know if I sent that one to you or not. We didn't send that one to a whole lot of people. But it's, I don't know, it's, like I said, I'm at 26. It's going decent. The goal was 50 this year, but traveling for shows, and then I take off here in a matter of about two and a half weeks to, for Texas. Um, go turkey hunting down there, and from there it'll just be a shit show on turkey hunting all over the place. So I don't I don't know how much more shed hunting we'll get to do this year. Yeah, I would say at least the good thing is it's now that the time's right at least to be out there and hopefully find some. But 50 is a hell of a goal, man. Um, how many miles do you think you got it? Oh, God, this year so far, I haven't kept track like I should. But for 26 antlers, I know I'm better than 30. I'd say I'm probably closer to 40 miles. So it's still not a bad ratio as far as uh, – you know, miles per shed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, and, you know, being from Indiana, it's not like it is in Kansas or out here in Iowa where we're at right now. I mean, it's, it seems like these guys out here walk a mile, find 10 sheds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, and, and you guys, you know how it is. It ain't, man, it ain't like that for us. No, no, we, we always say if we can get, you know, three miles a shed, then, yep. then you're in the game. Um, so, as, as I mentioned there, you know, you've been, traveling here with these shows kind of uh who are you with and, and how's the experience been um i've been traveling with deer crossing archery it's they're a company that i actually met um out here in iowa is where i where i first met daniel jessica they're the ones that own the company 
And, man, it's been a blast. I've had an absolutely wonderful time hanging out with Daniel and Jessica. Um, other than I was doing really good about losing weight, I was down solid 20 pounds. I've put on a solid probably 40 in the last two weeks. Um, we eat like champs. I would say you every have been night. showing out on the snaps there as far as dinner and appetizers goes, but you and your guys are not holding back at oh, all. Oh, yeah. And then Jessica, like, she'll, anywhere we go, like, she'll like, oh, I'll have a salad. <laughs> and me and Daniel, like, I'll have an appetizer for myself, an appetizer for him. Dude, next thing I know, we're like $140 into dinner every night. And, yeah, it's just me and Daniel eating it. It's so, okay. Uh, last year, yeah, you know, kind of here at the show, I, I did get a um, get hands-on on the arrows. And um, you you got to shoot them last year. How uh, How did they perform for you? Well, I didn't really get to shoot them at the show last year. Um, I talked to talked to Jessica here at the show, and then once I got home, I was needing new arrows anyways, getting ready to head into turkey season. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give them a shot. So I, I ordered a dozen arrows off of them. The, Absol- the gun guys? Huh? The gun guys going after turkeys with a bow? Is that yeah. what you're telling me here? Well. Oh, come I, on, I JP. mean, don't get me wrong, but I still shotgun my birds. <laughs> I'll still shotgun right. a few. All right. But for the sake of Ben and the league, oh, and, yeah. and now that I'm real tied in with DCA, you know what I mean, I've still got to got to give it the old college try. Yeah. So, actually, this year, my goal is to decap like five birds. Just I want to absolutely decap them. Where, uh, where, where are you going in Texas? Uh, down the southern part of the state. We'll be uh, down there for four or five days, and then we may head up to the northern part and then go, if we have time, we may hit Oklahoma with Kevin. Okay, so my fault. Back to the back to the arrows here. Okay. So, um, you, you got some set up here for turkey season. Yeah. Um, last year I, I had them build me a dozen of their hunter shafts, which is just your regular diameter shafts. And then, like I said, I absolutely loved them. I mean, had had great success with them. They were wonderful arrows. So then, I sold the bow that I was shooting and got my new Matthews last year. Well, I wanted to go with a heavier arrow. So, didn't really, still didn't really know the people from DCA, but I had one of their cards, so I picked it up and called them. Well, unbeknownst to me, Daniel, who owns the company, was actually the one who answered the phone. So, I talked to him, told him what I was shooting, what I had going on, and he's like, all right, well, if it was me, this is what I would shoot. I said, well, that's, you know, that's what I want when I call a place. I want, mm-hmm. I want somebody to help me with what I need because I'm not – Man, I'm, I'm an operator. You know what I mean? I move dirt. I don't build arrows for a living. I don't know what I need half the time. For sure. So he hooked me up with these silencers. I bought them. And, dude, they're the most unbelievable arrows I've ever shot in my life. I mean, you've seen the Snapchats. You know, we'll, we'll get a little tore down out in the shop. <laughs> and I mean, I've shot concrete blocks with these things. I've killed multiple deer with them. And they are, hands down, the most toughest arrows I've ever shot in my life. And on top of that, they're extremely affordable. I mean, for the price of a half dozen of your, in quotes, big brand arrows, you can buy a dozen of these. So they're way more affordable, and they're twice the product of your of your other arrows. Yeah, I got to talk to Jessica there for, you know, a handful of minutes, and she said that they kind of feel like they're getting overlooked um, due to being reasonably priced. Right. And uh, people think that it might be a, ch- a cheaper product when actually the quality is superseding the price. Yeah. And, you know, she just wants to keep it a fair, a fair price for, 
the normal person out there. So um, going to try to, you know, the growth for them has been impeccable for the short time that they've been doing it. And yes. um, I only see it getting more and more. And as soon as I put my hands on the, the heavy shafts that you shot, I was blown away by by the quality of that arrow. Yeah. Our carbon walls are almost twice as thick as, as your normal carbon walls on your micro diameters. Yeah, that's I would say it, it was definitely not not going anywhere in, in the specs and the in the torque on them that they, they keep their product at is really tight and, and you can definitely tell it when you hold it in your hand. Yeah. I can't wait to get some get for you to get some in your bow and I promise you'll you'll fall in love with them. I would say I, I think it's going to happen, and um, looking forward to it. Yeah, so are we. So, well, good luck this turkey season, man, and hopefully you can knock knock a head off or two. And yeah. And I'm sure I'll get to see it, man. Oh hell yeah! All right, man. Thanks for coming I on. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you. All right, guys. That uh, that wraps up this show. I appreciate you guys working with us here on that uh, audio. Uh, new equipment and first time traveling with it and trying to figure it all out. It's a little bit above my expertise, so I need to do a little bit of research and spend some time trying to figure it out here with uh, between the headset and the, and the soundboard and getting the, every setting right where it needs to be. But uh, can't thank Nate and his whole crew for having us out there and hosting us again. It was a blast out there and look forward to coming back next year. Appreciate you guys listening and following along here in the off season and hopefully. It's the beginning of March, middle of March now, so hopefully the weather's breaking for you guys. You can get out there and find some antlers and do some scouting and hopefully get a game plan for the upcoming season. So remember, always try to do the right thing, leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out.